When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why would somebody else need to speak? You said we wanted someone to MC. I'm not we sharing that MC. I'm thing. not sharing the the stage with anyone. <laughs> in fact, I would prefer it if you kind of just sat on the floor in front of the stage and we did the podcast from there. Also, there's no stage. I forgot. Okay, what am I doing this for? <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, episode 79. It is your boy Ethan, a.k.a. Bropostle. And I'm Patrick, at Catholic Pat. Don't sound chipper. Don't do this. Don't try to do like the contrary. <laughs> you did that on purpose, trying to make me sound like I I'm, did. I'm dead and tired. I mustered up all of the chipperness. I'm, I'm halfway through my first cup of coffee, man. I'm good. I ran out of K-Cups. I can't. I'm sorry. It's not. I haven't been to the store. Do you, do you have a Keurig? I don't have a Keurig, but my roommate does, and I use it. You gotta get you gotta get reusable, the reusable K cup. I see. I've wanted to do that, but I just haven't per se. They're literally four bucks at Walmart. I got one the other day, and I'm like, I have I have a bunch of coffee that I've had since my first semester here because uh-huh. I've just never been able to use it. Mm-hmm, I've never mm-hmm. had like a non Keurig. I have like a K cup brewer. It's a knockoff Keurig because I'm I'm spirit of poverty, and uh, yeah, I just I use the reusable K cup. And yeah, I just really, really I want to I want to do it. I just haven't done it. So don't don't give me a hard time. Don't give me a hard time that I buy Kroger brand coffee that's like three dollars for twenty four. I'm I'm still on the cheap. I'm not. It's not like I'm going out and buying Starbucks brand name stuff. Hiccups. I'm I'm a, I don't have a job. I can't afford that stuff. I um I buy I buy Cafe Bustelo coffee. Comes in a big yellow package vacuum sealed looks like a brick it's still delicious it's super strong i and uh, it hurts I, going down i drink coffee that's literally ground up bricks and that you strain coffee <laughs> that you strain hot water over. with no how do, how do you take your coffee then because when when you come to franciscan i'm gonna need to know how to make your coffee in the morning take it straight brick no creamer you oh, like that segue into our announcement that was a really good segue if you didn't hear last week um me ethan aka bro Postle, is swinging up to Ohio next week. Oh my gosh, it's crazy that that's next week. Next week, um, on Tuesday the twentieth, and we're gonna have a live show on Thursday the twenty second. Yep, at seven thirty p.m. somewhere on campus. <laughs> somewhere on Franciscan University of Steubenville's campus. So it's gonna be great. Um, and pray, pray for my boy Ethan. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just only ever been on a plane once, and he's never flown by himself, and he's very scared. To I'm kind of scared. I keep texting Patrick, like, how do I, how do I get onto the plane? How do I get there? Wait, what? What did you text me about about security? Well, I asked him for his tips, tips and tricks on security, because the last time I went through security, I was so focused on like making sure that my backpack was in the right spot and I had my boarding pass and everything that I forgot to take off my shoes and they almost tackled me. So <laughs> They did not almost tackle you. They said, hey, buddy, you got to take your shoes off. And I said, oh, cool. Because they could tell that I was just lost. Like, 
It was <laughs> sad puppy. He goes, he goes, I need tips on how to get through security. And I'm like, okay, step one, don't don't have a bomb. Yeah. Step two, really easy first step. <laughs> step two, put wallet, keys, or belt in backpack while standing in line to make things go faster. And step three, and this is an important one, laptops go in a separate bin. That's a very important one. Yeah, they don't like they don't like laptops not being in a separate bin. Um, and if you're bringing your microphone, Ethan, sometimes you have to put that in a separate bin too. I was thinking if I brought my board and my microphone, I would just take it all out and put it all in a separate bin so that they knew. They knew I was being forthright with them because why would I hide? Yeah, what do I got to hide? I'm, I'm nothing but a young podcasting boy. Mm-hmm. I called my mom. The last time? I was talking to my mom on the phone the other day, and I was telling her about how I bought the plane tickets, and she was like, you could always call ahead and make sure that, like, she wants me to call the airport and be like, hey, what do I do with all this stuff? <laughs> um, <laughs> my mom's so sweet. I'm not going to do that, mom, if you're listening, but thank you for the tip. You absolutely could call ahead. I could, but... I guess that's true. I like, I, I never thought about that. To me, like, to me, calling certain places just out of the question mm-hmm. like airports like airports i feel like they don't want to talk i feel like i feel like airport i think i think this is my this is my mindset going to airports the airport is against you the airport doesn't mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. you to get to your plane no you're right that's my that's my mindset so when i when i go to the airport i'm like i'm battling the airport you know like i get the guy like takes my bag and i'm like you take care of that or i'll find you and i'm like <laughs> um man the last time the last time i got i got yelled at for having my my microphone still in my bag um, I told you this story, remember Maybe. about about the guy asking me if I had a vape in my backpack. <laughs> I don't remember, but you don't remember. It was my. It was when I first flew to Seek. Mm. Um, I went through security for Seek, and I was wearing I was wearing my green plaid shirt and my famous blue beanie. And uh, infamous, I think, guy, is a better word. The guy at the end of the guy at the end of security, like my my backpack was going off because of the microphone, and he was like. He's like, I know what it is. I was like, it's the microphone. And he, and he goes, like, what is this even for? And I'm like, oh, I have a podcast. And he like gave me this really weird look. He was like, okay, whatever. And I was like, oh, fine. And he's like, you sure you ain't got nothing else in here? Like a vape pen or anything? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, am I being profiled right now? Am I? Is that what's happening? I'm not used to this. Don't wear beanies to the like, airport or anywhere. Don't wear beanies to the airport. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, uh, the reason I'm I'm pretty tired, um, Patrick. I'm just gonna tell the people real quick so that they know. Yeah, it's all good. Because I don't want them. I don't want to go through the whole episode and they're like, "Why does Ethan sound like he's dead?" Um, so yesterday in Manhattan, Kansas, there's this holiday. I'm, that's not even a real. It's a struggle to call it that because it's not a holy day of any sort. It's called Fake <laughs> Patty's Day, um, and it's a day. It's always the Saturday before spring break in Manhattan, and literally. There were twenty five thousand extra people that came into town today. It was it's crazy. Or yesterday, there's just a crazy amount of people that come in. Um, and it's this big Irish kind of day of drinking and revelry, and uh, so people start. People get up at like six thirty in the morning and they just start drinking. And people have parties that start super early, and you just can walk around and party hop and do all this stuff and go to the bar district and. It's a, it's a wild time. Like there's a lot, a lot of people, um, and so the focus missionaries were like, "Well, let's let's provide a let's provide an alternative option." And so there was a party at the focus girls' house, and it started at seven. No, it started at eight a.m. I was there at seven to help set up. I was there for five hours the night before um, helping set up because it's a it, it went from eight a.m. to midnight. 
which is kind of a long time um, if you haven't ever partied for 15 hours before. Um, it's a super <laughs> long time. But the best part is, the best part is, we had this guy named Ricky Vasquez come in. And Ricky is a worship leader kind of musician guy. You should Everybody should check out his stuff. He's really, really good. Um, he drove from Nashville to Manhattan just for this, just to play a concert in the backyard um, for us. And there were about, I don't know, 60 people there. So it wasn't a huge crowd by any means. But we were playing. I So I would, <laughs> this is the best part of the whole thing. So I, <laughs> I was kind of tired, right? My legs were tired. So I went out front and I just kind of sat down. I was eating a piece of pizza, just kind of, uh, just sitting and chilling, getting away from the people for a little bit. And um, they're playing House Party. You know that song? Have yeah. a house party. And so right at the line, this is the best. This is the craziest thing. Um, the line where it's, we'll wake up all the neighbors till the whole block hates us, till the cops show up, try to shut us down. A police car rolled by, stopped, and a cop came out and was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> you guys you guys having a live That's concert back? you guys having a live concert back there and the team director was in front of us he's like yeah we are he's like you can't do that can i see your id <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh it was so funny so they literally the cops showed up and tried to shut us down um it was is that a law you can't have live concerts the law is if you're really really loud and people call the police they can tell you to turn it off um oh, okay <laughs> like it it has nothing to do with time it's kind of it was weird so they came back and they're like, yeah, you can't do this. This is way too loud. You can hear it four streets over. Um, but it was rocking. It was jamming. It was so good. And so we just moved the concert inside. And so he just did an acoustic set indoors. Um, I'll post a video of it on Twitter. But it was so much fun. Like, he was just taking requests. It was so intimate. But we were all just jamming as loud as we could and stomping our feet on the floor and banging on the counters. And, like, just it. there were, you know – probably 40 of us just packed into this living room kitchen area and he was just sitting or standing and playing and having the best time. Like, I think that's kind of the, the musician's dream is just to play in front of like a house, house of people and just have them all going absolutely buck wild. Um, (laughs) it was so, so fun. But then we had to clean up and everything after he left and it was, it was such a fun day, but it was so long. Um, and so Patrick said, how about we record at eight 30 tomorrow morning? I was like, sure. And then somebody said, well, you know, that's the time, time change tomorrow. And I said, Oh, <laughs> so here we are. You could have said, no, can we record later? And then I would have been like, Oh yeah, sure. That's not a problem. Well, I didn't know. Cause I had already moved the time once. <laughs> so I didn't want to <laughs> be a burden on you. Ethan, I definitely understood because, you know, I mean, that's that's just how it is when, when your podcast co-host is just this major party fanatic just every freaking week. You're like – I know. We're back every, We're back to our old steez. Like this is, what yeah. we, this is what we used to do. This is what we do. Sunday morning, get up at uh, well, usually after mass, the original podcast. The idea OG podcast. Try to move away from that because I hated getting up this early, but – I hated working on a Sunday. That's yeah, exactly. This is not honoring God, but – it's good. It's good times. It's good to it's good to be here. It's good morning, everybody. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Hey, Ethan. Um, did we talk about what we're gonna talk about? Oh, I have. I know what we're talking about. Oh, good. Because we didn't. We usually usually the pre-show is us <laughs> arguing about what topic. I present one, and he hates it. No. And then I have to convince him to do it, and then we do it anyway. No, that's not how it works. That is how it works. Sometimes it's how it works. Um. Yeah, we have an idea. I didn't. I. 
or avoided telling you on purpose um, because I want it to oh. be a surprise, a fresh experience for you. And Are I want talking about Mary again. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I had to ask. I had to ask permission to talk about this, <clears throat> and it, and it cleared. Ooh. It went through. So strap in, ladies and gents, because this this kind of rocked me. Um, I'm so excited for this topic. It, oh gosh, Patrick, you're gonna love it. So this kind of inspired a tweet that I made. If you saw it at all the other day, um, I it was just you. It, I, okay. It was just about <laughs> um, how God is real and how we need to trust Him and all this stuff. And it was just kind of it's so simple, but it was such a good reminder for me that I had to let the people know. So, all right, are you ready, Pat? I'm ready, man. Okay, good. So this is, here's a bit of a story for you. So it was. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it was Wednesday at about ten thirty a.m. And it was a it was a bright and sunny Wednesday. It was a bright and sunny Wednesday, and we have a holy hour every day with the Focus Missionaries at nine thirty. So I go to this holy hour, and we're praying. I'm having a good time. I'm reading. I'm reading this book actually, um, "The Life of the Beloved" by Henry Newman. 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 Um, he's a priest. He's really good. Uh, anyway, that's a sidebar. Um, but having this holy hour, really good. And we get out of the holy hour, and I'm talking to Jordan and Alex, the two missionaries, and um, Alex was the team director. And his eyes are a little bit red, <clears throat> but I didn't say anything. I didn't want to comment because, you know, it's kind of weird when you go up to somebody and be like, hey, your eyes are red. Have you been crying? Like, you don't want to <laughs> do that. Um, but I noticed it, and Jordan asked him, Jordan had just had a one-on-one meeting with him before the holy hour. And so she's like, have you been crying? Like, what's up? And he's like, yeah, um, some crazy stuff, you know, happened in prayer. And she's like, do you want to talk about it? He's like, yeah, we're going to talk about it in our meeting. And so then he looked at me. He's like, Ethan, you should come. You should come to this meeting. Because sometimes, sometimes I just jump in on their meetings, but I don't always go because I feel like I'm intruding when they're doing actual team building stuff. And, you know, it's it's kind of weird when you when people, they like, they want you around, but also you don't know if they actually while you're around and so he they, they probably actually want you around Ethan you're probably being ridiculous I know I probably am but sometimes when it's like a, the team it's like I'm not, I don't want to ruin the chemistry anyway I get what you're saying <laughs> and so he turned to me he's like hey I want you to come to this meeting and so I was like okay and so I went I didn't have anything planned that day I was going to play basketball at like 2 so I had plenty of time to just kind of chill so I go to this meeting and Patrick I'm going to remember this meeting for the rest of my life I'm being 100% serious. It's crazy. Um, so we go in, and we were just going to share some prayer, share us, talk about prayer. And Alex, Jordan's like, Alex, you need to go first. And so Alex goes first, and um, he starts talking. And so he, he and Jordan had a one-on-one meeting, and Jordan had told him a story about how – this is a very condensed version of the story, but there was this girl – at a focus Greek conference legacy that happened in Kansas city. There was this girl who was doing prayer teams and she prayed over people's hands and they felt Christ's hands. Um, and they like were, there was three different girls and they all described his hands in the same way. Like they were callous, they were bloody and they were warm and they like felt that Christ loved them. Um, and this girl very obviously had some type of spiritual, like gift of healing or something. Mm. Um, it was just beautiful, beautiful story about, you know, these girls never experiencing, you know, the love of God and um, feeling, literally holding out their hands, getting their hands prayed over, and then feeling somebody touch their hands, like the physical sensation of Christ touching their hands. It was amazing, incredible. 
right? That in and of itself could be a whole, we could talk about that and that could be a whole podcast. Um, <laughs> and so Jordan tells this story to Alex, like this happened at prayer teams at the conference. I just wanted to tell you, and it really affected him. So he sat, sat down in the cry room in the back. Cause he likes to pray in the cry room. And he sat down and he started praying with his hands and he was just begging the Lord, you know, Lord, I trust in you increase my faith. Um, I want to feel you. I want to experience you not so that, you know, you can prove that you exist to me, but just because I want my faith to increase and I want to, you know, love you and all this stuff. And I want to feel your love in, in a new way. And he feels very clearly in prayer, um, the Lord saying to him, no, I don't want you to pray with your hands. I want you to pray with your back. So Alex has had chronic back pain for mm, eight years. Mm. And so he lays down prostrate and he starts praying the same thing again, like, Lord, I'm I'm not trying to do this to fall into the trap of miracles and healings and signs, but you know I I really feel like you're calling me to to trust you in a new way, and you know I want it again, just over and over again. Lord, increase my faith, increase my faith, um, heal my back. Basically, he started praying for the Lord to heal his back, and he was laying down and he kind of moved a little bit, and he kind of felt that his back did not twinge as much as it normally did. Um, and so he just started weeping, just started sobbing and just kept praying that same thing over and over again. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. Show me that you love me in a new way. Like I want to, I want to love you in a new way. Like all this, all this stuff, um, I was crying for about 10 minutes, just sobbing. And then he finishes praying. And this whole time he kind of feels like his back slowly and slowly, like when he's moving, not feeling the way that it had for the past eight years. Um, and then he just, he finishes crying and he stops and he gets up and he's able to bend over without any pain, do stretches that he is not able to do normally, do push-ups. Like he was doing all of this stuff. Um, and he said that 99% of his back pain was healed uh, after this prayer. And he was like sobbing. He fixed completely. Um, but because he still felt that he said that he felt like some tightness in his hip. Supposed to do. Um it's not magic, you know, it's, it's grace. And so that whole idea. And so he was talking about this and like, he was so deeply affected by the Lord physically healing him that he started to cry. And then I started to cry and while everybody else started to cry. And we just kind of sat there for about an hour, just crying and talking about how good the Lord is and how small our faith is. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today is just how little we trust in God and what we need to do in order to increase that trust, increase that faith and what we should pray for and how we should pray. And what does it mean to pray for big things? And why do we waste our time praying for small things all the time? And I don't know, it's just, it, it, it changed kind of how I view God and how I view prayer. And it was, it rocked my world. And I just was kind of felt like I've been in a funk and in a phase for the past couple about how real God is, you know, what did you say his name was again? His name's Alex Sanchez. Gotcha. Yeah. I was, um, his, you said his hip is the one thing that is still in pain. Yeah, that's interesting because um, in Genesis, when Jacob struggles with the angel of God, uh -huh. um, the angel dislocates his hip. Wow. Yeah. Dang. So the hip is significant for it, some biblical reason. It is. Know. It is for sure. Oh wow! I should bring that up with him. He'd think that's really cool. So, so yeah, prayer. Oh man, isn't that crazy though? Like eight years of back pain just gone. Yeah, that's crazy. I have I have I have chronic tailbone pain. Do you really? Maybe I should. Yeah, I do. 
it's but it's it, but it's like it's so um it's been there for so long i just like don't really notice it anymore until it, like until i sit wrong for like two minutes and then it's like oh hey that, remember this and i'm like all right cool so it's not like it's not like a huge deal but yeah it definitely definitely sucks i did i did get surgery for it two years ago and i don't wait oh yeah we didn't we didn't do the podcast then so it was um we i, I got surgery for it. it was like it was like six shots into my tailbone i was awake for it all and um directly into your tailbone directly yeah into the sacrum which is what holds the tailbone and um but then um nine months later i got into a car accident and it kind of like did it again oh no like ever since the car accident it kind of does that it does it doesn't really yikes yeah that sucks so that entire time i'm thinking like oh well should i like should i be praying for that healing because i don't i don't really think about it you know it's kind of something that i've accepted and i live with um is that like is that the right way to approach things though like should should we offer god every opportunity to heal us right like this this thing that i have is like oh i just it's fine it's like not that big of a deal Mm -hmm, i can live mm -hmm. with it yeah it's and it's it's like me kind of like holding that myself. It's like, yeah, I can I can do this. It's fine. Yeah. Maybe God wants us to offer those things up. And that's the question. Is like I think there's a psalm. I don't remember which which psalm it is, but it says um it's, it says Lord heal us of our um human deformities or something like that. Like there are natural things about us that are not perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that like bodily perfection, you know, is, is closer to godly being like, being like Christ. And so I think there is an element of, you know, Lord, make me more like Christ, make, you know, heal this body, but at the same time, like Christ's body was broken. And so, you know, if, if you have some type of pain and, or some type of injury or, or disability or something, then, you know, that can be identified with Christ suffering on the cross. But also at the same time, it's like, God wants to heal us. You know, it's not like, here's the thing with Catholics. I think get stuck on this a lot of times. It's like, God did not just, Jesus didn't just come and like the events of John chapter six happened and then nothing else. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like the Eucharist is great and amazing and the sacraments are great. Um, But a lot of what Jesus did was healing, physical healing. And, Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something that we shouldn't like. It, it's so significant in the Gospels that I feel like we shouldn't really just say, "Oh, I don't need this." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it. I think it's an element of I don't need this, and also it's like an element of fear mm. because oh, an element of fear that it's, before, it's like, that it's real. Yeah, not <clears throat> no no more that more that it's fake, right? Mm. Because like at least with spiritual things that we can't see, we don't really ask for any proof, right? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Jesus healed me in the Eucharist, like, spiritually. Like, he forgave me of my sins. It's like, all right, that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. you're right. But, and that that's, that's much higher than physical healing. But there's no, like, there, there to an extent, over a long period of time, there's a, a visible sign that you've been baptized because, like, you start to behave differently as you have as you grow in the habit of grace but i think we're worried that if we ask for physical healing and it doesn't happen then our faith is going to be tested Mm -hmm. and we don't want to be tested 
we'd much rather we'd much rather say like oh yeah like it's mostly just spiritual healing and no physical healing but i think there, there there's a reason why jesus does physical healing it's because it, it leads us to understand that there is real spiritual healing as well yeah um do you know, do you know what i'm trying to say yeah. I think I think that we don't ask for physical healing because our faith is too little. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I, and I think the fear the fear it's the fear of right that like it won't happen and our faith will be tested. But I also think I also think it's a fear of um, pride. So like you were talking before about how um, like uniting our suffering with with Christ's suffering, right? And that we should offer up you know like your tailbone pain or whatever it is. But like the question then comes up, what is more humble, you know, asking God to heal us and trusting in him as a father and the divine physician or grinning and bearing it and offering it up. And so we have to acknowledge that it's okay to desire to be whole bodily. You know, like it's okay for that because that's just a natural desire of man. And that's something that will ultimately be fulfilled, um, you know, at the resurrection and everything for everybody. But it's okay for that desire to happen on earth now, you know? And so, yeah, I don't, I think you're right in that we are scared and we're too scared. And I think that's partly just because of our Catholic upbringing. That's all again, uh, also just a human thing too. Um, yeah, and this is crazy because there was a, I think there was a story also, um, Frank Martin is, was the basketball coach at K-State for a while. Um, and a story just kind of came out about him, like right after he moved to K-State to start coaching here, um, he went to the hospital because all of his organs just started like failing at once. And, um, it looked like he was going to die and he had all of his family there and he was laying in bed and it was just, the symptoms kept getting worse and worse. And then. Um, all of his family say that there's this Asian nurse that came in and said, um, Hey, can we pray? Can we pray over him? Um, and everyone's like, yeah, I guess. And they prayed over him, you know, prayed for healing and asked God for healing and everything. And this Asian lady left and, um, the next morning his symptoms started to reverse and he ended up being perfectly fine. Um, but, but the thing is, is that on the, uh, they they didn't have any nurses that matched that description working that night. Um, and the only other people that reported ever seeing her were the other patients that were sick. Um, so it's like, to us, it's obviously like, okay, so it was an angel that came down and prayed with these people um, that prayed for, that wanted them to pray for this and wanted to, them to experience God and ask God for something in a new way. And I think it's so significant that like I heard about this story and then this thing with Alex happened in the same week. It's like, I'm learning about these things and God is trying to tell me like, okay, it's okay to ask for healing, but I'm not necessarily like physically broken. I mean, I can't deadlift any, any weight. I'm not very strong, but my body's pretty much intact. And so I think it's maybe, I don't know. God's just trying to tell me how, how wide his power is and how much, he can do if we just ask him and we just don't ask him for things. We're scared to ask God for things, but for fear of being presumptuous or prideful. And that includes, you know, healing and, uh, whatever else, you know, there's tons of other things that we can ask God for, but we don't because it's like, Oh God would never do that. 
He would never do that to are, me. Are you broken? Are you broken at all? Oh, definitely. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, well, I, that's, I was. That's a good first step. I was not that's trying a... to say that. Like, I I'm trying to say that. Like, I don't have any major physical illnesses. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was not trying to say that I'm not broken. I'm definitely broken. Okay, good. Um, because there's like there's the saying that's like you know if, if if you're not broken now, you're you know got I don't know there's there's not really a saying because I can't like formulate it. There's just like. <laughs> There's a saying that Patrick never has. It says, "If you're not broken now, uh, boy, you're, you're gonna be." Boy, howdy, you better be. <laughs> hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. There's this concept of like of like in in spiritual direction that's like God breaks you for a reason and like yeah. if your heart wasn't broken in the past then like God's gonna have to break it eventually mm-hmm. or like there, there's really no learning it the easy way in the spiritual walk it's like you have you have wounds and they need to be healed and if exactly. you don't know what they are like you need to like God's gonna have to find them and you're oh, gonna have to remember them dang. and so it's gonna take even more work so you might as well just admit your wounds now and then offer them up I think that. I, I don't I don't really know how to offer things up because the way that I trust is by not by by tr- like removing the part of me that cares about things. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like the, the way the way that I trust in God's providence is saying like, oh, well, like if he wants me to get fired from my job, it'll happen. So, like, why care about what happens? That's not really trust. That's just, That's just trying my best. It's not just to nihilism. Care. Like why does it? Yeah, it's exactly. like Christian it's just, nihilism. Just it's weird. Nihilism. Yeah, and it's it, it's also it's also pushing things down. It's not offering them up at all because fears and emotions and like like pain, those things still exist. You can't just toss them to the side. Mm-hmm. They either go mm-hmm. down deeper inside of you or they go up to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, so you mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. So then my question is: is how do we start asking God for things? I. Because it's like, it seems so easy and it seems so simple. Um, and yeah, I, I know that we have to acknowledge our wounds. We have to acknowledge our brokenness. And like we should, we've talked about this before, is like inviting God into the wounds, into the brokenness. Um, but I think that's a really nice phrase. It's a really nice turn of phrase is inviting Jesus into your wounds. Um, but do we know how to do that? Does that even make sense? How do we, how do I even begin to ask the Lord of the universe to step into my struggles. And is it more than my struggles? Do I ask him to step into, this is where I run into issues is like, okay, God can, God can heal my friend's back, heal my friend's back that he's been struggling with for eight years. He's been suffering for eight years and he just, you know, made him feel no pain anymore. Right. This beautiful and amazing gift. And so then immediately it's like, okay, so why don't I just pray with that trust for an end to abortion or for um, a renewal of the sanctification of marriage in our country or for uh, any number of things that are big, you know, because he's shown that he can do big things. Or do I just need to focus on my own sanctification? Like why I, I just struggle with that. Is, do I, am I praying for, I want to pray for big things. I want to ask God for big things because that's how we give him glory is by trusting him enough that if we pray for big things and he will do them. But at the same time, it's, do 
do I need, really need to be praying for the world all the time? Or do, should I focus on big things in my own life? Like what wounds am I overlooking? What brokenness am I overlooking in favor of, oh, we need to pray for abortion in our country, that sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I was, <laughs> I, I, it always, it always kind of like, Took, caught me off guard when my household all prays a rosary together and mm. some people like they're like okay cool i'd like to pray for like my girlfriend for my parents for my friend all that stuff some people will just pray for like one person they'll offer the rosary for one person some people will, like offer the rosary for like an end to abortion the home the poor and homeless yeah um all those suffering on campus i'm like that's so many people <coughs> and i'm i'm tempted to think and i definitely fall into this where it's like one rosary really but it really isn't one rosary it's one rosary on top of all the rosaries that everyone is praying in the same room because that's how praying the rosary works by the way fun fact you get everyone gets the graces of all the rosaries <laughs> that's kind of a side note this this podcast is about mary and, and even when um, it's not about mary patrick even just when finds it's not about a way <laughs> but it's um it's it's all of the rosaries that that individual has ever prayed and offered that intention like goes towards it and god is going to end abortion right right yeah, the Lord is the Lord is going to restore marriage. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of when, not mm-hmm. if. Yeah, and like we don't know when, but <laughs> that freaks us our out. Our prayers, our prayers are yeah. That, that makes me that makes me mad. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know when you're gonna give it to me, Jesus. Like this little <laughs> kid, like stomping. Like, are we there yet? <clears throat> It's about another hour and a half. That's so long. <laughs> Little kids have no concept of time. Even if God told us when we were going to get an end to abortion. I mean, anyway, that's a side. <laughs> God is God is like Ice Cube driving us to vacation. And <laughs> it's the movie. Are we there yet, folks? That's the reference. I, we, we knew. I knew what it was. That was. I was just making sure that people knew. I was. That would be oh, a deep man. cut that like the some people listening wouldn't know. Anyway. Oh, true. Um, but you're right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those "Are We There Yet?" things featuring Ice Cube. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where was I? I don't remember. Oh, um, praying for big things. There you uh, go. So it's the same. It's the same thing in our lives as well. It's like we we offer these things up in trust to God, and then we bear them if He let if He wants us to. You know, like. Mm-hmm. There might there might be a spiritual reason for me to keep having this chronic pain. I hesitate to say chronic pain because it's you know, it's it's not as bad as most people have it. But there might be a, even even a small spiritual reason for like some kind of mortification, whatever. But I'm not really letting that come about if I keep it to myself and be like, yeah, I'm like strong enough to you know keep doing this. It's not it's not I don't really need Jesus for it. Um, all of that is offering it up. You just offer it up means. God is allowed to do what he wants. He can increase it. He can decrease it. He can get rid of it completely. He can let me have it still. It's not up to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's not a not caring. It's like, God, I want you to make the decision on this and I will accept your decision. Yeah. That's a lot. Of, that That's a lot of trust. Accepting God's decision on things because like it requires you to wait, to anticipate. And you're going to get nervous at times. You know, it's like when you're... um when you're when you're waiting for the jury to come back mm. you know you're like oh not that any of just us a, have ever been in that yeah situation. just a familiar experience that everybody's gone through good everybody's yeah <laughs> everybody knows what it's I like i mean everybody's been like this is probably a weird analogy but everyone's been in trouble before right no you know like no you've never been in trouble Mm-mm. everyone's been everyone's been like in timeout you know or like and like 
or you're waiting for your you did something stupid and your parents or you're waiting for your parents to come back yeah trust is kind of like that but with things that we're not in that are not bad like we give we give jesus this this ultimate authority over our lives we're like mm-hmm. okay you're gonna make the call on this one i'm gonna wait for you to come back and give it to me and you might not get the answer until you die yeah and because that that's the real thing is like god god is going to end abortion whether that means fixing legislation or destroying the earth and creating a new heaven and a new earth right <clears throat> but there, god, god is going to heal everything about you whether that means doing it now and giving you a taste of heaven or just doing it in heaven because that's what healing is right it's a taste of heaven mm. that's what contemplation is in prayer it's a taste of heaven and like we don't we don't deserve those tastes of heaven but god wants to give them to us whether that's now or later um i think that's really what i think that's really what trusting is it's like it's not whether or not he wants to it's when he wants to either here or in heaven mm-hmm. does that help it does a little bit a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. i also want to touch on I, like briefly what you said at the very beginning of that um when you were t- saying talking about your tailbone pain and you were saying um you know it's some people have it way worse and i think that's a common temptation to to make or a common thing to to like fall into is to be like oh i've got this pain but it's not as bad as somebody else like i didn't have chronic back pain for 8 years so it's obviously not a problem um like your pain is your pain right nobody else can experience the pain that you patrick nebby experience nobody else can experience the pain that i ethan stevie experience you can be sympathetic mm-hmm. towards my pain even if we go through the exact same tailbone injury um <clears throat> you still cannot experience my pain even if we both go through even if we both date women for three years and they both break up with us on the exact same day your pain is still your pain and my pain is still my pain you know and so yeah. uh pain is unique and it's individual um, and nobody in the world will ever suffer in the same way that you suffer. And so I think that looking at that through that lens, it's like you, we can't play the comparison game. Like I can't be afraid to ask God um, for healing or to trust God um, with, you know, the state of my pain because somebody else has it worse. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, somebody else was healed or somebody else wasn't healed. Um, because just like you said, so it's unique to everybody, which means that God's will is unique to me, right? So my life, he has a, he has a eternal love for me in every single moment of my life and wills different things for me than he wills for you and for everybody listening. And so cooperating with that is kind of saying what you were saying, but also understanding that it doesn't work the same for everybody. It's not a cookie cutter type situation. Um, yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of on something, but I don't really know what it is. Essentially, God creates for you a very your very own personal name brand heaven, and you yeah. go there when you die. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody else. Oh, you're is right. There. There's, there's all uh, the great padded room in the sky. Heaven. That is that is heaven for some people. There's no one around. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I I do understand what you're saying. It's it's God God is God is each of our individual caseworkers, and he he has our file, uh-huh. and he knows exactly what what's going on, and he's got he's got a care plan, and a and a and a recovery plan for each of us, and mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. we can't like go looking at other people's recovery plans, being like, hey, mine's different, like like hey, they're getting it easier, they or oh, I don't have it as bad as that guy. That's good. I don't have it yeah as yeah yeah. Uh, everyone's got their own personal care plan, and. 
we need to we need to trust we, we don't even get to see our care plan you know we don't even get to see what's on the other side of that brown folder mm-hmm. you know god just looking at it, he's like all right cool all right and this is a really bad analogy because like god's not a caseworker but still um <laughs> man i've got a lot of i've got a lot of like uh correct um juvenile corrections metaphors going on yeah like, is there something you want to talk about did you go to court this week i was watching that documentary on um on on netflix uh, girls incarcerated mm-hmm. it's about like about like uh, n- uh middle school high school uh juvenile correction facility very good very good uh documentary series you should check it out okay <laughs> plug for that thanks for that thanks for that plug patrick um the brown folder thing came directly from that yeah documentary. yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what time we're at, but I'm just gonna kind of just wrap up, I suppose, with some closing thoughts, if that's cool. fine. Yeah, I don't really. I think we're at like 30 minutes, maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. I just assume it's hard to tell when we talk for half an hour beforehand, and then we start at some undetermined time, and I forget to look at when it is. Um, <laughs> so it's. <clears throat> I think there are a couple takeaways from this. Is one, God is real definitely and he works in our lives every single day and if he doesn't if you feel like he doesn't work in your life then he wants to and you need to open up your heart to him right go to confession receive the sacraments ask for the grace to see where he's working and see where he wants to work in your life and through you um the third thing is you cannot be afraid of god i mean you you should be afraid of god you cannot be afraid to um ask things of God, right? For fear of your faith being shaken or fear of not being humble. Um, and just knowing that if you ask something of him, if it is in accordance with his will, it will be provided to you. Uh, maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, um, but it will be provided to you, which is crazy. Um, and the uh, fourth thing is what Patrick talked about is that uh, trusting God is not, not, not caring. It's handing it over. It's passing the reins. It's passing the torch. We're in a relay race and God's the, uh, anchor and he, he's running. He's also the, the lead off and the two middle people. Um, <laughs> God's running the whole race for us and we're just watching basically. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, but you got to hand it. Me down and finish the race. I was black. We gotta hand it. We gotta hand it over. We gotta hand it over him, and allow him to just do it in his own time, and remove ourselves from the situations, but not not care. You know, it's trust that it will happen when it's supposed to happen, and it might be not until we die. Um, and finally, I'd like to remind you. That we have a live show coming up at Franciscan University of Steubenville <laughs> next week. Um, please write in your questions to Ethan at thecrunchcast.com or Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Um, you can call in to 785-251-3989 and leave a message, but it, we will um, transcribe it and probably just read it out loud. Um, we want to do a monthly mailbag basically in front of the audience. So um, any types of questions that you think would be good in front of an audience, maybe you want to make us look like fools because we don't know something or give us something to kind of riff about, um, talk about this and we'll just get going on a subject um, if you think that that's what the people would enjoy. Yeah. Uh, Patrick. Also, shout out, shout out Julie Lai. Um, so I was trying to get her on this episode um, 
and uh yeah that didn't work out because we recorded on a morning east coast time and she it's like it was like 6 30 when we started recording for her so uh no she didn't come on this episode i want to get i want to get julie lie on one of these episodes so bad i texted her and i was like she's like what do you, what do you want to talk about i was like we should talk about healing no this way. Is not a joke. This is not a joke. Dang. Yeah. Because at, at at Seek two years ago, yeah, um, no, a year and a half ago, we um we went to a breakout session on healing. That was really cool. And she was like, "You should talk about this in the crunch." I'm like, "Oh, sweet! Since you came to this talk, you should come and talk about it on the episode." She's like, "I think what she wanted was more of that talk." And I was like, "Well, I can't. I, I learned about healing from the same talk that you did, so I can't give." <laughs> any more information i was planning on giving this information on the podcast but anyway, she was like she was like you should get like an actual psychologist on the show to talk about healing and i was like oh maybe you're right and so she 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 shot down my healing idea but turns out we did healing anyway without a guest so take that julie Boom. and um we'll get we'll get her on the show eventually eventually she's a really cool person um she she wears she wears uh she wears hip hats that's that's what that's one thing that i know about julie live from her from her twitter profile pictures that she wears hats who's gonna be um, on the podcast next week patrick oh um so we have a really cool guest coming on next week uh mark hart is coming Wait, on who mark hart uh he he's the vice president of life teen the bible geek life space teen incorporated i think yeah he's he's coming on he's coming on the podcast and also he owes me a drink so we're gonna we're gonna throw out about that of course i can't drink yet it's 28 days until i can but um we uh yeah so so when when we did our life teen episode all those years ago um and defended life teen vehemently Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of life team guys messaged us and they're like hey thanks for defending us and i'm like no problem we like owe a lot of our conversion to you guys so of course we would of course we would do that um and now like they listen to our podcast which is nice uh i don't I know if mark actually i wouldn't say that they podcast, listen i would say that they have listened they have listened to our podcast they yeah. had it on in the life team offices they texted us they tweeted about that and i was like oh that's that's sick that's nice cool. Um, so yeah, so, so, and then, and then Mark tech, uh, DM'd us on Twitter and was like, thanks for everything you do. So yeah, we're really excited to finally sit down and talk to, to him because it's, um, it's been a long time coming. He messaged us in the summer and we haven't asked him to be on the show since then. Yeah. So, uh, finally yeah. getting our lives together, but yeah, it'd be fine. pretty cool. So stay tuned for next week. It's going to be great. Stay tuned for next week. So next week is Mark Hart. The week after that's the live show. It's going to be a uh, one, two punch of crunch time. We're hoping to increase our listeners. <laughs> yeah, we're really trying to boost those nums, boost the figures, boost the data. The figs. One million downloads. We could do it. We could. Hashtag crunch to one mil. That's 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 the hashtag for this episode. Dang. All right, uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. So let's let's <laughs> let's finish this. I threw that in there for you. I did that for you. I know that's that's every freaking week. It I starts. Know. It starts sometimes is interrupted by and ends with Ethan having to come to the bathroom. Yeah, welcome to my the world. Maybe I should ask God to make my bladder bigger. <laughs> Be a, probably a pretty good, walking, pretty good use. You're walking around. You got one of those like yeah, yeah, just like a, like your belly is just huge. You, you show up that Francisco. I'm like, oh, your prayer was answered. That's so great. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan, are you pregnant? No, I just don't have to go to the bathroom for four weeks at a time. <laughs> uh, 
So worth it. So, so worth, worth it. it. So worth it. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.